friends. Welcome to the Creative Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Caldwell, and I'm so happy you're here. Each episode, I take some time to chat with fellow artists about life, faith, and the impact of the arts. Hey, friends, and welcome to episode 121 of the Creative Impact Podcast. I'm so excited to bring you an extra bonus episode to wrap up our Global Impact series with my friend Cheryl Cutlip. Cheryl is joining us for the second time on the podcast as she was guest for episode 12 back in 2020. Cheryl is the founding director of the Project Dance Foundation, which was formed in 2002 as a mission to bring hope and healing to the world through the universal language of dance. She also currently directs the space at Project Dance, the foundation's dance training and education program area, as well as the precision dance company, the Carolina Snowbells. Cheryl has a wide range of professional dance experience, including working at Opryland, Tokyo's Disneyland, dancing as a Radio City Rockette, and so much more. I encourage you to go back and listen to episode 12 if you want to learn more about Cheryl's background and her dance experience. Today, we catch up and sort of process through these past few years. One thing that really spoke to me towards the beginning of the episode is how Cheryl talked about how hardships and suffering are the ingredients for hope. Because of the structure of the Project Dance events, Cheryl has the unique perspective of getting to see dance around the globe and how there can be healing and restoration brought to people and to cities through the art form of dance. We also chat about the importance of community for artists and the future of Project Dance, which speaking of, Project Dance currently has a really incredible opportunity to purchase a much-needed building to facilitate their thriving program areas and to expand their programs and offer more arts education to the youth in the high country of North Carolina. This is such an incredible opportunity, and you can be a part of helping make it possible. The Project Dance Foundation is currently seeking individuals, organizations, and businesses to partner with them in a significant way and help raise funds for this new building project. If you are interested in partnering with them and helping support this next step in their journey, you can check out their website at projectdance.com. The Project Dance Foundation is a 501c3 tax-exempt nonprofit, so your support is 100% tax-deductible. I also encourage you to check out their live events throughout 2024 and see if they're coming to a city near you. If you happen to be near the Houston area, I would love to see you at Project Dance Houston coming up March 15th through 17th. It's going to be so good. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Impact Podcast and enjoy my conversation with Cheryl Cutlip. Well, I'm so excited to get to catch up with you and reconnect and so grateful to have you on the podcast, Cheryl. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Rachel. It is great to be back. I cannot believe that the last time you and I spoke here has been like almost three years. I know. It's crazy. I was looking back to try to figure out, okay, what episode were you? And it was like episode 12, which felt like a lot at the time, (laughs) but it was really towards the very beginning and yeah, back in 2020 and so much has changed. So truly it has. And I remember when you first started this, I was so excited to be one of your first friends to have on. And since then, I've listened to so many of my friends share their stories. And um, so, yeah, it's great to be back. Yeah, And you're right. So much has changed. It has. And it'd be fun to kind of catch up a little bit on 
what life has been like for you the past few years. And I know we've actually gotten to see each other at Project Dance a little bit since then, which has been cool. So yeah, I guess for anyone who doesn't know who you are, maybe I'll give a little little brief intro. So basically, I'm here with Cheryl Cutlip. Again, she was guest on episode 12. So it'd be fun to go back and listen if you want to hear more of her backstory and kind of hearing about time as a rocket and professional dance experience. But just currently, she is the founder of the Project Dance Foundation. And probably if anyone's been listening, they've heard the name Project Dance multiple times. <laughs> Because, but lots of guests that, you know, have been part of the Project Dance family and world. And then also currently is the director of the space at Project Dance and the Carolina Snowbells, which is a precision dance company. So that's just a little, little blurb, little intro, but I'd love to let you share, Cheryl, any, anything else you want to share about where you're at right now. And then we can maybe catch up on these last few years. Absolutely. So yeah, all of those things are still going really strong. I'm having such a great time right now in this season working with the Carolina Snowbells right now. Currently we're gearing up for our Christmas show and that's such a fun time because, you know, as a dancer, you know, most dancers probably feel this way. There's no more happy place than being in the studio and creating. So this is my season to really be able to, to do that. And then of course, Project Dance is gearing up for some new cities and also um, some of our favorite cities are coming back. So we're starting work on getting the calendar for 2024 ready to go. And um, that's also really um, exciting to think about where we're going to be next year. And then, of course, most studio owners are feeling what I'm feeling. You're just getting your studio underway and getting classes going and working with your new students and faculty. So all of those things are keeping me super busy, but all of them are really just a blessing and so much fun. That's so cool. So are you guys doing some new new choreography for your Christmas show this year? So we are doing a lot of new choreography. Um, I was not anticipating doing as many new works this year. And I've called on some choreographers to come and help me to kind of re-envision some of the aspects of the show. And um, so, yes, a lot of new elements. We're um, bringing in a theme this year of kind of sisterhood, which is kind of as a rocket, that's what I kind of cherish the most about my job there at Radio City. And so as I'm working with these 25 young performers, I see a really neat sisterhood being created from our younger dancers to our more seasoned dancers. And so we have that bond. And so we're going to really share that element of who we are as a company within the Christmas show this year. I love that. That sounds like so much fun. Excited to see what's happening with Project Dance too. And maybe we'll chat a little bit more about that in a minute. But just curious, just thinking back on, you know, these past three years, I know when we spoke last, it was probably in the middle of just how do we navigate virtual classes and all sorts of things that we were being thrown our way. So yeah, how have you, how things kind of shifted in the last few years for you? So, um, gosh, really leaning on community, I think has helped to mm. navigate coming out of these, you know, these waters that we've all been in for a few years and kind of coming back just even more deeply grounded in the callings that, you know, God has placed on our lives. Um, for me personally, that was a season back in 2020 where because Project Dance had been in the 20, kind of the 20 year mark, it was this kind of pause moment to ask deep questions like, is this project still relevant? And what's it going to look like in the future? And 
Um, I know a lot of my friends felt the same way and just sort of doing what we've all been doing, taking crawl steps forward, knowing that we have a hope and a future. Um, and that just also knowing that, you know, hardship and suffering are the ingredients of hope. You know, the, the hope that we have is cannot be produced except through kind of that refining fire. And we have, you know, we get perseverance and character and then ultimately hope. And so, you know, for, for me, you cannot just sort of put that word hope out there, which is such a big part of Project Dance is sharing hope. But then going back and taking the time that it took over the past three years to really walk through hard things and to not get lost in those hard things, not to give up, not to just throw away everything that you've built and do something else because what we used to do isn't working, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I think I probably share this with a lot of other artists who are now just by grace able to do what we love to do still is that we were able to shave away the things that were not necessary and to really hone in on the communities that we are serving and being a part of. And I think for me, that has been such a joy because you know, going through 2020, not 2019, 2020, even though, you know, life was still happening, right? There were a lot of good things through all of that. We no longer felt the burden of carrying the weight of the world and our plate being so full. We were able to chuck off so many of those things. That's true. And so I feel like that was my experience. And I've really, I think I've just been happier over the past season of realizing that we've come through something so difficult. Mm, So well said. Yeah. And I think just that concept of hope coming out of suffering, you know, or that it's really going through those hard times, those, you know, intense seasons that we see that, that transformation happen and then also can cling to hope. And I heard something, I think it was a podcast recently about the idea of that hope is formed and that totally reminds me of that, that it's formed through those journeys. Yeah. It, it absolutely is. And it's such a life-sustaining and necessary element of the human experience is to have hope. And it's something we all want, you know? And so I think that's such an interesting way to put it, that it is formed and that, you know, that informs our attitude when we're going through something difficult, you know, and I think it, it really, you know, it's, it's, there's also that wonderful concept of realizing that, you know, in our weaknesses, that God is so powerful in our weakness. And, you know, as artists, as doers, we're constantly wanting to create and to do all of these things. And when we're forced into a place of weakness, I think, you know, that we eventually do realize, oh, there's a great opportunity here to rest. Right. Yeah. And, you know, for me, just personality wise, at the beginning of all of that, it was a lot of fighting and wrestling, you know, just a lot of discouragement, a lot of, you know, questioning. But then once you settle down, you know, and really sit there for a minute in who we are and who God is, that we realize it's okay to be weak. Yeah. That really, that's the reality that we are, whether we feel it or not we stand in a place of weakness always and that the strength that we have 
and the power of the things that God is doing through us or through the things that we're involved in is because of his grace, you know? Mm, Yes. So true. And yeah, just cool thinking about how he uses those, those times and those seasons to refine. And I love what you're saying about even just having the time to really process and ask those questions of, you know, Lord, what do you have for the future of the future of project dance or whatever it might be for, you know, our particular lives. But yeah, it's really, I think, key to reflect sometimes and take the time to, to breathe. And it's cool that it sort of hit at that around 20 year mark for you guys. So speaking of, I know that people, most people listening have probably heard of Project Dance, but just in case they haven't, do you want to just share a little bit of kind of the heart behind it and yeah, what Project Dance is all about? Sure. Yeah. So Project Dance is a movement of dancers all over the world who are coming together to refine each other, to ask the difficult questions about, you know, what is our place in the dance world? And, you know, um, how do we ask those questions about how faith might integrate into the life of dance and into the dance world. And so it's a huge wide open space for artists to come, dancers specifically, to come and create community. And we do this over a three-day weekend. And these are called Project Dance Events. We've been doing these three-day events for over 20 years. We've been to over 30 cities and over 13, 14 countries. Amazing. So it's essentially a training and performing opportunity where the kind of the the highlight of the event is an outdoor open concert, which is free to the public. Mm-hmm. And we essentially just erect a stage in a major city and dancers come from all over and perform beautiful works that are, uh, it's a family friendly event. So these are, these are pieces that are meant to bring hope and healing. Mm-hmm. Dance has a wonderful way of doing that. And then the other side of it is that we have a training portion. So we offered master classes for all of our events and a lot of networking opportunities yeah, as well. For sure. It's a neat place to get connected with like-minded artists that, you know, you can really encourage each other. And we're with the podcast in this sort of global impact series. And as I was thinking about it, I'm like, I really would love to talk to Cheryl because <laughs> I feel like Project Dance is such a global um, movement, I would say. And you're getting to travel to all these different countries and seeing how dance is impacting people all around the world. So I was like, this is perfect. Would love to connect you in with this series. So um, I'm curious with that in mind, just to talk a little bit about and to hear from you about the impact of the arts on a global scale. And maybe to start, how have you seen God using the arts to advance his kingdom across the world? Wow. That's a big question. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that the, that's a great question about how have the arts impacted the kingdom of God around the world? And it is a question that we are constantly reviewing and Mm -hmm. asking ourselves within the family of Project Dance. The arts have always informed life. Yeah. And, you know, dance is one of those beautiful universal art forms that can break the barrier of verbal language. In dance, because it is universal and global, it's an expression of the of the the human experience. And it's as we see it portrayed all over the world, you really see the fabric and the beauty of God and the the uniqueness of so many individual cultures around the world who utilize dance to 
they use dance to celebrate. They use dance to pray. They use dance to make impacts within community. And so to be able to see that reflected uniquely, but also how it also unifies around the world is such a unifying art form. And I think that that unity is definitely an attribute of, of kingdom thinking that, that, you know, that we are all called to, you know, ultimately to worship God and that, that, that is a physical and a mental and a, it's a spiritual and it's, it's, it's everything that we are. Mm -hmm. And so dance has this way of embodying all of us, you know, it's our intention, it's our physicality. And, and so those expressions are really powerful to utilize within life in general, but also, you know, within the kingdom of God. And, and so we've seen God do amazing things all around the world through kind of being a fly on the wall, you know, and we go into a city, whether, you know, there's so many international stories to share. I love it. And whatever you're willing to share. It's so great. I would say that, that just generally speaking that, you know, like I said, we've been to over 30 cities and we've been all over the world from Asia to Australia, to Europe, to of course, all over the U S down to to South America. Mm -hmm. And I find that the commonalities within cities is that everyone's hungry for this project, for dance. The cities around the world are looking for something like an event like Project Dance to unify people, Mm. to bring something positive to their city walls, to share something meaningful and artistic that's beautiful within their cities. And that's been a very very much a general overview of, of how every city has welcomed project dance. Mm-hmm. And that has been really eye-opening to see that, that there's nowhere we've gone where people have not allowed us to, to show up and dance. That's actually, when you really stop and think about it, pretty incredible. And like you said, kind of this eye-opening or like a cool revelation to think this is something that, that everyone is able to kind of get on board with in a way, you know? Yeah. You know, one of my, well, my mentor, so, you know, Pastor Tim Keller, who sadly we lost this year, he was very much a part of the beginning uh, formation of the Project Dance Foundation. And he was my pastor at the time. And what he spoke into my heart and, you know, in a Tim kind of way, was that, you know, dance is valid as work, worship and witness. And the way that that has kind of formed project dance, I think has allowed us to have that international and global appeal. And that is that when you go to some countries, dance is more Mm work-minded. So I would say, for example, in the United States, we have the most vocational dance of probably anywhere in the world. We have the Radio City Rockettes, we have Broadway, we have the New York City Ballet, we have you know, companies all over the United States, thriving, wonderful companies. Mm -hmm. And it's very much a vocational art form. Yeah, that's true. Whereas if you go somewhere like Jerusalem or parts of South America, dance is much more a cultural expression of everyday life. And it's more of a worshipful experience. Mm-hmm. And, and so worship, meaning that it's in the fabric of the actual culture itself, you know, where you have your traditional dances, whether it's Chinese dance or, you know, all of these, these 
really, really ingrained forms of dance that are celebratory, right. not so much vocational. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. And so when you go to a certain place around the world, it's really good to think about how dance is utilized in that city. What is dance doing here? And then you can, you can sort of latch on to how you can serve that community with dance. And, you know, as far as witness what that looks like in the world of project dance, because right, you have work, you have the worship, the witness part of it is sort of taking dance to proclaim a message that's in your heart. So it's, it's, it's sharing something deeper than just movement. Yeah. And in our case, right, we're bringing hope and healing. We're calling out and saying through movement, God loves you. And that's a simple nutshell form, you know, God loves you, you know, God created movement and this, this beautiful art form for us to experience and to, to taste and see that God is good. Mm. And that is our witness now. And of course, in order to do that, well, that's the real work of, of the core of project dance. Mm -hmm. And so for example, in the way that plays out, and I know I'm getting off the topic just a little bit, this is good. But when you go to a city like New York, New York city, we know that New York city is the home of the Broadway community. That is kind of the hub of the arts. There's a lot of artistic hubs in the United States, but New York city is one of them Mm -hmm, for sure. So when you put dance on a stage in times square, there is an expectation of what that needs to look like just based on the cultural education of the city. Right. Yeah. So the best witness for us would be to understand that. Yeah, that's true. And so, and, and that's basically it. That, that's what that is. It's understanding what is going to be relevant to the people you're serving mm-hmm. through this art form. Being mindful of who are the people that are going to be walking by on a given, you know, open air concert day, that kind of thing. And yeah, I love that perspective of how can we serve the people that we're coming to reach through, through our dance, through our movement. Yeah. Because you know, every city has its own kind of internal language, you know, Mm -hmm. you go to somewhere like, um, you know, Costa Rica, for example, and the way dance is utilized and celebrated in everyday life is so challenging for a New York city vocational dancer. Mm -hmm. They're like a fish out of water. Go down to Costa Rica and everyone's dancing, you know, everyone's celebrating, everyone's moving, everyone's in unison. And, and, you know, here, here's the, you know, the, the trained professionals going, well, what are the steps? And they're like, right. right? And so there's this beautiful exchange that takes place within the life of project dance, where you take these vocational dancers, these exclusively just worship dancers, right? Liturgical dancers. And we, we, we all get into a room and we, we really try to show grace and understand one another. They realize that we have such a great opportunity to speak this incredible universal language and to move dance forward within the, within the life of the church and the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And if dancers, my, my vision originally was if we can get all of these dancers that are so diverse together, and if we can love each other and share and understand, then we create this voice that we can share with other people. This is what dance is. This is how it can be utilized within culture, how it can be utilized within the life of, of, of the church mm-hmm. and how it can be reconciled to its right place, both within the world and within, you know, 
within the church. And I know that that's, that's a lot, but it's sort of dissecting the kind of the whole of the dance world and saying, you know, what is this all about? Let's get down to the, the why and the heart behind it and what's, yeah, the purpose behind it. It's so good. And I love the way that you have, I guess, set this up over time where there's that local element, you know, to the different project dance experiences. So you do really get that exchange, like you're talking about, of, you know, dancers from the local community and dancers maybe that have traveled in from different parts of the world or the country, that kind of thing. And there is that, that I think, spirit of openness and collaboration and a sense of love for one another and appreciating the gifts that different people bring. So cool. And just to be able to learn from each other. So yes, it's just such a neat vision. I love it. And I love that God has been blessing Project Dance and continued to allow it to thrive over these last couple of decades and I'm excited for the future of Project Dance too. So I'm curious, as you look forward, I know you were doing some reflecting around that anniversary date and I don't know. What are you sensing, I guess, from the Lord as you move into the future with Project Dance? So the the future of Project Dance is that we are going to continue. We're going to continue building and growing. Mm -hmm. Back in 2020, when really nothing sort of was happening, Project Dance Oklahoma City still happened miraculously. And then in 2021, we were in Chicago for a brand new city. And of course, all this time, I'm like going, what are we doing? What's happening? Right. Makes sense. I remember seeing Tiffany Shretferman also because the Project Against Houston, you know, had been, I guess, canceled or waiting till the next year to see what would happen. But seeing her just dancing in that space and exactly, it was so beautiful. That moment with Tiffany dancing in Houston on our stage for an audience of one, I will never forget that. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was, that is the heart of the the type of dancers that are in our family, just beautiful, beautiful people who really know their calling and purpose for their own movements. Just, it's so incredible to see that. Yeah. And, and then in 2022, we finally were able to do our big 20 year celebration in Kona, Hawaii. Yes. So fun. Yes. Along with a refuel retreat and so many incredible leaders were there, of course, led by Tammy Tolas and yeah. um, her crew there in Hawaii. And so for, for going into 2024, things have just started to rev up. So um, it seems like there's a little bit of a theme going on where it's all about the water. So we're going to be in West Palm Beach, Florida. We're going to be in Panama City Beach. Yeah. We're going to be back in Kona. So I hope, you know, people who are listening like the water. So uh, we're going to be having some refreshment in 2024. Love it. And then, of course, Houston will be back. New York City will be back. And we are already forming a team in Atlanta. So when we were in Hawaii at the 20th anniversary, I felt very clearly that that it was the heart of God to do 20 new cities. And so I'm just going to say, yes, God. And I think over the next 20 years, we're going to see at least 20 new cities pop up for Project Dance. That's so exciting. So fun. Yeah. And I like the water theme. I think that's really great. (laughs) Sounds very refreshing and (laughs) fun to be around. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm curious also just thinking about, you know, all the different places you've been. I would love to hear, are there maybe a few stories that stand out seeing God move in different places and in your travels? 
Yes. So there's so many amazing testimonies. One testimony that comes to mind is when we were in Sydney, Australia, that it was the same day that the Pope was there, which was awesome, except for at the last minute, he took over all of the venues in Sydney. And so we didn't have a place to be. And so thankfully, our amazing producer, Laura Pilcher, she had already planned a plan B, always have a plan B. And um, she had gotten this church parking lot on the same day. And so we really just saw God's hand of provision to allow us to continue to to be in the city on such a wonderful day where so many pilgrims were coming to Sydney and we were able to to share in dance that day. Um, when we were in Jerusalem, we set up the stage and there was this enormous wind that came through and kind of my takeaway for that was just that, you know, God's spirit was so strong there. And um, that was our 12th birthday for Project Dance Mm -hmm. and really just felt that that wind was just God saying, just blowing on the hearts of dancers all around the world, Mm -hmm. just to to get out there and, and, and to dance and to be in the Holy Land, you know, sharing dance was powerful. And then to realize too, that when you're in a place like Jerusalem, that there were a lot of kind of restrictions on what's even allowed mm-hmm. there um, as far as, you know, how the stage is set up and who can dance and, and all of those things. But throughout the day, we saw so many people kind of gather that we wouldn't maybe expect to see gathering and, and, and you could tell they were, just, it was like waters, like they were drinking in this hope mm-hmm. that, you know, such a war-torn nation. There were a lot of elderly people kind of walking around on the streets and they would just pause. And I, that was the one city where I had really wished I knew the language because what was being said in their hearts was so deep. I could tell they were being so deeply moved, mm-hmm. but then I wasn't able to go up and have those conversations. Right. But it was really just, you know, trusting God was doing what he does best, was, which is just you know, pouring his love on these people, you know, being able to be in Paris, France, right after the terrorist attacks was really incredible to be at the Plaza de Republique where those attacks had taken place and to see that now the streets were filled with beauty. And that even though there was a lot of graffiti and all of these things on the sculptures and on the statues that, you know, Project Dance was the beginning of bringing hope back to that city. Similarly to how God used Project Dance right after the events of 9-11, the very first year, we felt that same feeling in Paris. And right after that event, the city decided to clean up that plaza. And we just thought, oh, it's so powerful, you know, that that as, as beauty starts to come back to our city streets, that, you know, cities want it to be clean and to be, you know, to have a presence that represents beauty. I recently talked to Jeff and Natalie Lewis with Arrows and we were talking about, yeah, the same idea of how it feels like the Lord will use the arts to come in in those moments where there's been destruction or there's been, you know, heartbreak or tragedy. And then that is part of the healing starting, like you were saying, and sort of this restoration um, and how often that has happened. And it sounds like for Project Dance and for Arrows and I'm sure others as well, like with Adeum. And yeah, it's just really beautiful to see that. Yeah, it, it is. You know, one of the things that we've been thinking about as we go into new cities all over the world is to 
pray at the, at the gates of the city because so much about having the ability to go somewhere is having the key to the city. You know, do you have authority to be here in this city? Mm -hmm. And it's a big deal because, you know, every city is sort of protected by its gates. Right. And um, I remember when we were in, we were in Singapore Mm -hmm. and that was a very interesting journey to where normally when we go into a new city, I will feel like I kind of have a handle on it, mm-hmm. you know, and always choosing an event producer who has a heart for the city and has the keys to the city. They're doing things within the city that are relevant to serving those communities mm-hmm. through dance. And all of that was in place, but yet we were getting nowhere. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, you know, I just was like, okay, you know, this is coming up and we have nothing. Mm -hmm. And so as I started to pray, I just said, God, we don't have, I have no direction. He just started to speak to me probably more clearly than I can ever remember. And he was like specifically telling me things to Google and, and find. And even though I'd never been to Singapore, I happened upon basically the gates of the city and realized that in order to be in the city of Singapore, we needed to pray for the gates of the city. Mm-hmm. And so this started to be a theme about, about how dance can be utilized, you know, and, and how prayer can be utilized to be able to go into these cities. And so we've been doing that. And so, you know, oftentimes I will find out, you know, where's the city gate. And it just so happened to be like in Costa Rica, we dance right by the city gate. Right. Yeah. And so we're able to sort of recognize that it's not just about being an organization that goes in and does your project. Mm-hmm. It's really about having the heart to restore the walls of the city, the people of the city through dance. Wow. That's such a novel idea. Now, yes. Through dance, that dance can literally be utilized to break the chains that bind the government systems. Dance can be used to break the bondages over the people of a city. And it sounds too good to be true, but dance with a purpose, with an intention, with the heart of a city is incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. And the people feel it. And so, you know, I don't take lightly when we go anywhere you know, that, you know, there is no feeling. It's, it's a very humble thing to think that this city allowed us to come here and to dance for the people, the citizens of these, you know, of these streets, the mm-hmm. city streets. Yeah. That is very powerful and humbling for sure. It is. So good. And through that, even though there's a deep work happening, It's also dance and it's also fun. And there's a, there is a levity to it. And, you know, and I think that sometimes we can, we can think too deeply about what we're doing that it's just dance, you know? Well, yes, there are times just to celebrate through movement. And while you're doing all of that, yes, deep things are happening. You know, we don't go into a city and say, we're going to do this, this, and this. No, no, we're going to go in. We're going to be gracious and thankful. We are going to dance our well-trained bodies as best as we possibly can. And because we're doing what God's called us to do, then we believe we're setting up the ingredients and the opportunity for God to use this 
for whatever purposes he would desire mm-hmm. here. Yes. Yeah. So good. Yeah, I was thinking about how even Project Dance Houston this past year felt very just joyful, you know, and there's just that sense of like, there was deep work happening, but it's just so much freedom and joy, you know, no matter the weather or no matter, you know, whatever is going on, it just, you definitely sense that. And I think part of that is what you're talking about, about the community and feeling like the love for one another. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on just the power and the importance of community for artists. This is a concept that I personally have struggled with my whole entire life. Really? Okay. Yes. Because growing up, community was never modeled for me in my early years. Okay. And so I grew up more isolated, more to each his own competitive. I I didn't really grow up with a spiritual foundation. So learning community was like mixing oil and water. Mm. On the one hand, I would get into community and feel completely bound. Like this is horrible. Like I don't like people knowing what's going on in my life. I don't want accountability. I don't want to just, you know, I very much fought the whole community model and vibe Mm -hmm. because it was so foreign to me. Yeah. But I kept seeing it over and over and over again as I became a Christian. And then as I started to walk with the Lord, I kept seeing these communities, these unique pockets of people who just loved on one another. They were, you know, they were sacrificial towards one another. They showed kindness and care to others before showing it to themselves. And this concept was so beautiful and something that was so incredibly foreign. Like, it's almost like if you see like a table setting, but you don't know how to set it. Mm-hmm. Like it's really nice to see something beautiful, but then you have no knowledge of how to be a part of that. So it took me a really long time to settle into community. Mm-hmm. And my first step in settling into community was learning that my presence, even though it was unlike the others in community, I was still accepted. Mm. Wow. So even even though I I really fought against it, I was loved on within community. And that was my first eye-opening thing of like, okay, I don't feel like these other people, but they really care about me. And and so I hope that I can stay in community. And and over the years, what I've learned is that there are other people who feel the same way I do. Uh-huh. And that they realize the importance of community for, you know, just like the, it just makes your life better to be in community. That's simple. It just, your life will be better if you're in community mm-hmm. and that it's okay to sometimes feel like you don't fit in, or sometimes you feel like you're not able to contribute to the same degree as the rest of the community. And that, you know, community built upon kingdom thinking is full of grace and full of love and full of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And that it does spur you on and cheer you on to greatness to the things God's called you to ultimately to do, and that you're not doing those things by yourself, yes, you know that's true, you know, and if we look, we really see that Jesus was the one who demonstrated community by choosing disciples. Mm-hmm. you know here is Jesus who could do all of it on his own because he already had 
done it. It was finished. But yet here he is picking community and he picked the most ragtag community that you <laughs> can ever pick. Very different. Probably people that did feel that feeling of oil and water and just or like rubbing each other the wrong way because they were very, very different when you really dig into it. You're like, oh, these people would not normally hang out together. <laughs> so. Yeah. And yeah. So, I mean, community is something to to cherish and it's it's something to work to, to create. And, you know, I always say my, my favorite model of, of Christian community, especially is of course, none other than Randall Flynn. Yeah. So and he's really modeled that for so many dancers around the world and continues to do so. And so I think just, you know, having people who are pouring into your life and, and teaching you how to do community is, is so important. And then just creating that, you know, that might be partly why I'm more joyful now than ever. I think COVID and all of that forced me back to the small, you know, forces you back to home and to, first of all, your family community, you know, I have a husband and two children and, you know, bringing everything home and then, and then going from there and realizing, you know, that, you know, Jesus did just have not just, but he had 12 disciples and like not a thousand and 12, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's and, sort of a capacity limit that we have really for going deep with people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so being able to kind of create that small, small community and focus creates a lot of really big things inside of us, big hope, big encouragement. And with that, you can go out and see, to see and do, do, to do the greater things, all knowing that this is coming from a place of the core, mm-hmm. you know, and dancers understand the core, right? Everything we do in dance comes from the core. And so when, when that core is strong, you, the other moving parts are free to go, free to move around. And so, you know, for something like Project Dance that is global, that is, you know, been around for a lot of years, you know, you start, you can start to think, oh, I've got to do bigger and I've got to do better and I've got to do more and blah, blah, blah. And really, I think God is always calling us back to the core, Mm -hmm. which ultimately is calling us back to him. Yes. Right. Calling us back to him and saying, you know, if it was just you and the Lord sitting in a room, you find that total joy and happiness in him and then you're settled. And then you can, from there, you can, you can go and do more things or not. Yeah. Uh huh. Or you can just rest and be and be yeah. with him. Yeah, it's so good. I love that analogy too. <laughs> I haven't thought of community in that way, like the core, and how that allows freedom to move out from there when you feel that strength and like security within your core group. I love that. That's a really fun image. <laughs> so I would love to hear from you because I just feel like you're something that I really admire about you is just how you live your life in a way that is authentic and very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, but authentic and showing your love for Christ, like, and your faith and everything that you do, but in just a very like relatable, authentic kind of way. And so I'm curious, any thoughts on what it looks like just day to day to be walking out our faith as artists, as creatives, as people, (laughs) and especially in when you're in so many different settings and 
you know, being kind of aware of the context that you find yourself in. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, we've talked a lot about just recently in our conversation, we've been talking about coming back to the core Mm -hmm. and, you know, I think daily living in your faith is for me, it is just about being connected to the person of Jesus Christ. I mean, it's, I know that sounds, that sounds kind of generic, but there's a deep connection that is there for us. And, you know, God is always there. And so finding space to come back to that relationship constantly, you know, everything that, that I, I try to, to be in a place where everything I do, I try to make sure that it's coming from the knowledge of the word of God, right? So that's a big driver for me is that, you know, God has given us his word mm-hmm. and that's his voice and that's his heart and that's his intention. That's his future. That's our future. And so it's solid. It's like a solid ground that informs everything in, in my life. When I can come back to the prayers of Psalms, when I can come back to the admonishment of Proverbs, when I can come back to my future in the book of Revelation, when I can, when I can look at the book of John and see that who God is, right? All of those things are very grounding. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I find that I've gotten away from that, I've moved away from that. I haven't found time for reading scripture. I haven't found time to connect with God's word. Doesn't take very long. And the rest of my life sort of starts to unravel. And usually when I get to that place of unraveling, I go, oh, that's right. I need to come home. And honestly, what's so what I love about God so much is that that could have been a week. That could have been three weeks. That could have been five months. And all of a sudden I'm completely unraveled. Nothing in my life is good. Everything's terrible, but I can come back. I can come back to the word of God. And within just a moment or a few moments of communing with God through his word, I can feel just as deeply connected as I did the first day I met the Lord. Wow, yeah. And so I think life is just about the ebb and flow of the real and whatever is happening is happening. There's 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 good things happening. There's there's horrible things that can happen to us. There's sufferings, there's beauty, there's there's life, there's death, there's there's highs, there's lows. And you know, getting through all of those things for me is just about recognizing and remembering that I'm connected to I'm connected to the creator of the universe in a very personal way. And in, in that is something that when I'm reminded that God is personal through spending time with him, through getting that deep connection where I just am with him. I love that scripture. There's nothing that can separate you from that love, you know? So no matter what happens, if we can find that connection, everything is, is really okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With that kind of a deep, deeper safety in a way than what we tend to think of, of like having everything look good on the outside or whatever, like feel okay. But having that connection that no matter what's happening, there's that deeper sense of like peace and safety with him. Yeah. It's that, it's right, Rachel. It's that peace and safety with him because let's say we're talking about our daily life and faith. Let's say I wake up 
and I'm going to go try to be a good, faithful person. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go and I'm going to do blah, 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 blah. I've already messed it up. I've already forgotten who I am. Because walking with the Lord is not about trying to be a good person. It's not trying to show my faith in public. It's not trying to have other people see that I'm a Christian or I'm faithful. It's not about me doing things for God. You know, I'm going to go do something great for God. It's, it's, and so once we get down that track of trying to present our lives something other than it is, which is that we're in need of, we're in need of him, mm-hmm. you know? So once we start down that track, I think for me personally, I lose the real authenticity of the peace of God that I can carry. Ah, mm, that's good. Yes. You know, so if, if I can, if I can connect with the Lord on that personal basis, then whatever happens when I go out in my day, like I'm going to go out here t- today. I'm going to, we're going to finish our conversation and I'm going to go get in my car and I'm going to, I'm going to start my day. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know what is going to happen in today. But um, I can move out from a place of of knowing who I am and knowing who God is, and that can inform my reactions to other people. That can inform my decisions that I make throughout my day. That can inform my thought life. Mm-hmm. That can inform so many things about my daily living that are for my good. Right. So we know that that He is for us. Right. right. And. And so to me, that's the journey is for for my personality. I know that there might be other listeners that feel this way, but I'm a performer. Mm -hmm. That's like innately I perform. And so, you know, God is saying like he made that personality to be exuberant and go out and go get them and go do it. Mm -hmm. That's part of a, you know, of who God has made me to be, but it's not the weight of my value to him. Mm, yes. So, you know, that's just a constant like thorn on my side, you know, constantly wanting to, to recognize that you can be, you can have, you know, full of life, but knowing that that's not the thing that, that makes you who you are. Wow. So, so good. Thank you for sharing. I feel like that is going to speak to so many that are listening right now and just feeling like, yes. It feels simple, but at the same time, so profound to just get back to, okay, what is the core of like identity and knowing who God is and just connecting every single day? Yes. So thank you for that. There's so many things we could go into, but for the sake of time, (laughs) it always goes so fast. But I think I started this early on, like with episode, probably episode one. So you may have already answered this question, but I will be very curious to hear what your answer is today. Is there anything on your heart right now that you would like to share with other artists? Sure. Current thoughts that you have? You know, my current thoughts are, you know, get back to the work. Like it's time to, it's, it's time to artists to, to create again, to, to dream again, to integrate again, and to, you know, to build community that we're all coming out of a very similar season and we all have a story to tell and those stories need to be told. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it is time for hope to arise and that is going to happen through artists, you know, Mm -hmm. and the artists that are out there doing the work. And it's, it's so inspiring for people to have art and artists in their lives. And so, you know, I would just encourage you to go do it. And not to wait on anything, but, but your, 
but kind of your, your passion and your heart and your calling. And then if you, if you go out and do it, that it will be satisfying and people will come around it. So good. Yes. And just for fun, curious what your answer is now is what is one of your favorite things right now? My favorite thing to do right now, this is going to sound a little cheesy, but I have a ninth grader, a freshman. My son is a freshman. I can't believe he's a freshman already. I know. And my favorite thing is hanging out with him. And we hang out every day right now because I, he doesn't drive yet. And so I am cherishing this year before he gets his license. Um, so I take him to school every day. I pick him up. Um, I take him to tennis. I take him to soccer. I take him mountain bike riding. And we do so many things together like every day. And it. so um, I'm having so much fun with Evan. And because my daughter, Ava, she lives in Los Angeles. And so I don't get to see her every day. So I'm spending a lot of quality time with with Evan. I spent a lot of quality time on the phone with Ava. Yes. How's she doing, by the way? She's doing great. She's going to um, be coming home to be in our Christmas show this year. So I'm going to steal her away for a little moment. Fun. I love that. <laughs> That's so great, though. I love the cherishing the season, you know, like what is the season we're in and then being able to spend that time and have intention with it, too. So, so good. Well, this has been so fun. I love just getting to catch up with you. Anytime I get to get to talk with you, it's just such a blessing and a huge gift. And I know that people are going to feel the same way when they get to listen. So I would love to let people know, you know, best way to connect with you, with Project Dance, with the space at Project Dance, all of kind of the elements that you've got going on right now. Oh, yeah. Rachel, it's been so great to see you too. And I, I know we'll see each other in person, hopefully in March, if not sooner. Yes. Um, for so Project Dance. Yes. And um, so, yeah, so just projectdance.com is honestly the best way to find me. If you go to the website, you sort of see everything. So there's Project Dance and there's the space and the Carolina Snowbells and you can contact me through there personally. And that's also where we're going to be announcing all of our events for 2024 as well. So exciting. Yes, we can keep our eye out for the different cities and figuring out if people are close enough or they can travel in and join in. So, so excited to see all that is in store for Project Dance and the new cities that are to come. So yeah, I can't wait to see you in person. And thank you so much for just sharing your time with us today, Cheryl. Absolutely. Thank you, Rachel. Find all the links, full show notes, and additional resources on our website, creativeimpactpodcast.com. If you're interested in supporting the show, some great ways to do that are to share it with a friend, to rate and review wherever you're listening, and then also if you're interested in giving financially, you can check out our Patreon community where you get bonus content each month and have a special part in helping make this podcast possible. You can access our Patreon community on the link at our website or by going to creativeimpactpodcast.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Thank you all so much for listening to the Creative Impact Podcast. The music for the show was produced by Michael Cash. Until next time, remember that you were designed to create. You were made to inspire. Continue living with purpose and making an impact. I'll see you next time, friends. <laughs>